0: Good morning. Just one, uh, one word on the survey. We realize now that the survey, if you forward it to someone, that link won't work. So if you wanna fill out the survey, we want you to fill out the survey. Check your junk mail. If it's not there, uh, you can either sign up at the back on the newsletter, or uh, sign up, uh, send an email to Nancy, send an email to myself, or let someone know, uh, and we'll make sure that you get connected to that survey. Well, I'd like to begin with a recap. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians, and we've been talking about how God is building a church without walls. And we've been talking about how that affects us as a church of Forest View, and also as Christians who make up the church. The church is not a building or an organization. The church is the people of God, the living, breathing people filled with the Spirit of God. And we walk through Ephesians, the first half of chapter one, we realize that that God is a a no-walls God that he is tearing down the dividing wall of hostility, that he has this vision of the entire universe under Jesus in peace and order and in love. And then we moved on to the second half of Ephesians 1, and we talked about the praying church, when, when Paul opens up his lips and prays a blessing over the church and what it looks like to be a church who's always focusing on God and allowing God to pour into us. And last week in Ephesians chapter 2, we talked about the church being built by God. That it's God who's building his church. And he does that by sometimes destroying and then designing and then by rebuilding. God is building his church. But it isn't easy. There are building pains, growing pains. Church isn't always happy. Christians Aren't always happy. The Christian life isn't isn't a bed of roses. It might be maybe a little bit more like a, a tree, growing up in the face of adversity. The picture here of a of a tree just surviving in the sea of troubles. It's holding on and it's growing. Or maybe a tree more like this. The crown's dropped out from underneath you, but you've been rooted in love and you're able to stand and grow still in the face of that. Maybe right now when you're walking in your life or maybe as a church sometimes it can feel kind of like a little more like this. On the edge, but somehow God is holding on. Sometime, somehow, As a Christian, you're walking through life, you're like, all these things have happened to me, and yet somehow God is growing me. Precariously placed. But we have to we have to admit this. As Christians, at times we always face discouragement. A moment where you look around, you're just like, oh, I don't know, God. Can I keep going? Can we keep going? And as we read chapter 3 today, we hear God saying, don't be discouraged. God can do more than you imagine. I mean, if anyone can be discouraged right now, at this point in his letter, it could be Paul. Paul is in prison. And yeah, this is what he writes. For this reason, I, Paul... The prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for the sake of the Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which is not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that though, uh, through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, Given me through the working of his power. Here's Paul writing this letter in chains. He's not in a good spot. It doesn't matter where you're in prison. You can be in prison in your own home and house arrest, and you're not happy. You're in a place where I'd say, if I'm in prison, I'm probably discouraged. I'm probably in a place where I'm feeling kind of low. And yet, Paul is always remembering, hearkening back to that calling, that revelation where Christ revealed to him the mystery. Paul, you are going to take Jesus to the world. You are going to show Yahweh, the one true God, to this entire world. And I'm going to give you my power. Working through his power. He was chosen by God's power. And remembering this as he's in prison, as I imagine sometimes, I imagine the, the great apostle Paul, there had to be times when he just broke down weeping in that prison. And yet he realizes that it's through God's power that he will be able to push on. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that, that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms, through the church, the entire universe. Sees God's wisdom. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Paul's looking at his own life, and he's seeing in his own life an illustration of the church He's realizing an illustration of what God can do, which is just like way beyond our imaginations. Paul's life was that of a conspirator to murder. He was an accessory to murder. He would go from home to home, chasing Christians down, dragging them out, and throwing them into the very prison that he's sitting in now. That's what he used to do. That's how he lived his life. And then a miracle happened. He got knocked off his high horse. Jesus appeared and selected him and chose him and said, I have a mission for you. And his life just completely changed. He learned all he could about Jesus in and and the gospel. And he brought this board and he started going wherever he could. He found himself at the far end of his homeland of Tarsus, even further from the motherland of Judea. But he saw people starting to be filled with the Spirit of God, receiving the power of God. He saw hundreds upon hundreds turning from idolatry and starting to serve the one true God. But it wasn't easy. He was beaten, he was put in chains. Even there in Ephesus, he is picked up and almost ripped apart by a crowd. Being a prisoner can be discouraging at the least. And I started to think about this. Have you ever felt like you were in prison? Ever in your life you're like, oh, I feel like I'm I can't do anything, I can't move, I'm, I'm, I'm shackled here, I'm in prison. Maybe some of some people have actually literally been there. But maybe more figuratively, your life felt like a cage. You felt locked, you couldn't, you couldn't escape. Maybe it's a job you just you dislike, but you're like, ah, oh, I can't I can't leave. Maybe it's a family situation where you're like, there will be no forgiveness or reconciliation. I just feel I'm trapped in this reality. Maybe it's financial stresses. You feel like you're enslaved to your situation or to the dollar. It might be, it might be in your pr- personal spiritual life, where you're just like, I don't, I, don't sense, I don't sense the presence. I don't feel the power. Maybe it's with church. Some of you might be in health situations that are very discouraging. Maybe it's someone else's life that you just love dearly. It's a a beloved son or a daughter who doesn't know Jesus, or maybe parents where you're looking at you like, ah, they're they're on the the brink of a divorce. There's so many possible sources of discouragement. There's so much in our lives that can, can pull us down. And yet Paul is saying, don't let it sink in. You've got this thing. You've, you've received Jesus. You have the Spirit of God. And now, you know, like, don't allow the fact that your superstar church planter is in prison to pull you down. Keep going, be encouraged. The Spirit of God is alive and powerful. And because discouragement, I believe, is a, is a spiritual phenomenon, it's an inner battle. Paul realizes, he's like, I can't fix this with words. I can't tell you exactly how to make it right with words. And so what he does is he turns to God in prayer for the people. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And I believe his prayer continues for us as well. And he's saying, God can do it. I pray that God strengthens you. I pray that you are strengthened with power in your inner being. The problem with discouragement isn't just that external circumstance. A lot of times we focus on that, like, ah, this obstacle, this thing that's happening. And and yet, a lot of times what's happening is is also it's it's your inner being. It's what's happening within your spirit with the circumstances around you. That is the the true place where the trouble and the hurt and the pain resides. The discouragement, the place where maybe where you get immobilized. Of course, external forces can affect you but I don't, I don't think it helps just focusing on what's going on around you. What Paul's saying instead is, I want you to be strengthened inside. I pray that God's power fills you up inside. Notice he doesn't say, I pray that I get released from prison so you can be encouraged again. That's not what he says. I pray that you are strengthened in your inner being by the power of God. So are you discouraging your job or what's happening in your family? Maybe church, maybe you're like, oh, I want a thousand people in Hilton, and, and we're not there yet. Yeah, it gets discouraging. I, you know, in, my, in my life as a pastor, I 12 years as a pastor, there's been this, some discouraging times in my life. I've had real encouraging times where I've seen people get off the street, off of heroin, stopping prostitution and, and just you're, you're like amazed and you're seeing this growth and, and strength and you're like, oh, this is amazing and it's been going on for eight years and you're like, oh, and then, back. And you're like, what? God. Maybe you're discouraged with your own failures, personally. you Whatever the source is, the solution isn't forcing reality to bend to your will and be changed. The solution is going to be, first and foremost, for God and Christ to live fully in your heart and give you the inner strength to get through. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. The Christian reality is that Jesus lives in our heart, and that's our power source. May that be our focus. May that never be forgotten. If we're overcoming discouragement, it's going to be some inner life filling through Jesus Christ. So when we're feeling discouraged, I I think it's important to remember that we shouldn't be focused on the solution to the problem. Well, how am I going to fix this? Which is what I often do. I think a lot of us default to that, right? But it's on the inner state of my heart. Where's my heart at? How... Can I receive the power from God to help me get through this? I think discouragement can be cured even before a solution is found. Paul doesn't sound discouraged here right now. I'm sure he goes back and forth. That's the human reality. But the solution isn't external. External. This is the source. When when we're establishing the love of God for us, love of Christ for us, we're able to have this love and have this power. And notice how he says all of God's people. That's something he wants for all of God's people. When we allow this love to take root in our heart and start to grow in our heart. And yeah, our hearts might have some awkward growing circumstances like we saw a little bit earlier. But that's when the power of God comes. When the power becomes evident to us in our hearts. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. I love this language. It seems very modern, doesn't it? It's very scientific. It's very us right now. We want to see how long this thing is, how deep it is, make sure I get all the measurements on, on this love of God. Very scientific sounding. I'm going to have empirical knowledge of God's love. I can figure out all the dimensions of the love. But what I love what he says, he says, I pray that you will know love that surpasses knowledge. What? I pray that you know a thing that you can't comprehend. It reminds me of my PhD work on St. Anselm, who talks about that than which nothing greater can be conceived. God is that which nothing greater can be conceived it's beautiful I'm thinking of all the great things power oh God must be the most powerful loving oh God must be the most loving all e- the limits of imagination there's God he is that than which nothing I can, can't conceive anything greater than but then in chapter 14 he turns around and he says but God's not just greater than I can conceive I mean it's not just the greatest thing I can conceive he's greater than I can conceive God's love, you can know it. It's not that it's unknowable. You can get into it. You can experience it. You can start to live in it. You can experience the depths. You know God's love. But you don't know God's love. You're diving in deep. You'll never touch the bottom. You're taking a rocket ship up into his love. You'll never get to the end. Go this way and go that way. God's love is beyond your imagination and this is the thing that fills your inner being. The power of God is this love. When I think about God's love, I, I, this, my love is kind of like a little kid's love. When I talk to God, it's like, oh, can I have this? Can I do this for me? And it's almost like, um, to be loved, it's like that, the love language is gifts. I'm, God, give me this and help me here and do this, serve me this way. That's how I want to be. Like, God, please. A, like a child talking to his parents. But God's love is more like a good parent. It's like this unconditional, just so deep, you can't understand. I don't know about you, if, if you're a parent, if you've been a parent, you, you talk to your kids and, and I pick up my one kid and, he, and this happens all the time. I'm like, I love you so much. He's like, I love you more. No, no, you can't love me more. I do, and I'm like, you don't understand, man. <laughs> no, you can't love me more. I, I loved you. I would mean, wait for this day for a decade. i was been praying for you. You, get, you. you can't love me more. The love of God is that much more greater than any parent's love for a child. It's this depth that's there. So why should we not be discouraged? Because God loves us. God loves us. He's, he will be with us. And it talks about being filled with all the fullness of God. Imagine this incredible, it has no depth. It has no, like, it's, the height is beyond, uh, the, the length is beyond imagination. And yet somehow that's going to fill you. Wow. Filled with the fullness of God. This is the ultimate goal. I imagine it kind of like a, a battery level. Right? how, how charged your phone's always dropping, oh no, like be, imagine if you're just filled to the fullness of God. All of him filling you. Give me more of you, God. And the unimaginable comes when we allow our hearts start to open up to God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and forever amen this god is able to do more than you can imagine Just think about force you in our church, and I pray we're all doing this envisioning, and where can our imagination go, God, what could you do with this church? It's like, he can do more. He can do more. Paul wants us to remember that we're not just playing with some type of powerful person here, like some middle manager who might be able to pull some strings for you from time to time. Oh, could you do this for me? This is like the owner of the company. This is the owner of the owner. This is this is a power that is not limited that we're talking about. Immeasurable is the power of God. His ability to, to do beyond what we can imagine. I kind of like how he talks about imagining here, because imagining is a good thing. He's like, imagine what God could do for you. He could do more. I like that practice. Maybe this week at home, and is trying to imagining what God can do with things. Now, just because you imagine doesn't mean God always does it. But he can do more. And Do we ever let our imaginations falter in our praying? Do you ever, like, not ask for what you really want? Because you're like, ah, that's the only way that's going to happen. So, I'll just throw this at his feet. Give him what you're imagining. Give him what you're hoping for. No matter what precise instruments we have, We'll never be able to measure this God. So let's remember who He is. His power. This is a, this is a, a great work. His power working in you. To Him be the glory in the church. I love that passage. Like this, this idea, uh, this phrase that somehow the church shows God's power and glory in a very particular way. He wants the church. He wants to do something with the church. God wants to show His power and glory through the church, which means through you. So how can we imagine this? I was thinking about this. How, how do I imagine the unimaginable? And what I like to do is a little exercise together. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to go back to the pictures of some trees. This is from Board Panda, by the way. These trees growing in weird places and things. Because I want you to imagine maybe a certain one that kind of hits your life. You're like, oh, maybe this is kind of what's going on with me. Or maybe it's with the church. Maybe this is where I think the, the church is at. This is like, by the way, this is God's way of building, right? He, he or, organically grows things. So a tree's a great picture of me of, of God growing up his church and how he works and how sometimes we have obstacles that are beyond our imagination. So imagine that you fall and God circles you back up and grows you back up. Or maybe you're the, the tree that, the one tree that survived the tsunami in Japan. It's like the last one standing in the faith in your family. Or maybe you're, you feel like, oh man, like I've fallen, I, I messed up, I've fallen. Four more trees can grow up out of you. Pour in, disciple. It's not over. Imagine what God can do in your life. Or maybe your heart's uh, been in hard ground. Talk about being rooted in love. You had a hard heart, or you've had bad, hard upbringing. Let the roots of God's love grow up in you. Or you've had a really hard life, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God can break through the rock beyond our imagination. Or maybe it's the other way down. Like, you realize you're in a place like, that's a weird tree, isn't it? Grew up right through the middle of that stop. You know, you don't, can't imagine how God can move in your life. If, he could, if that can happen, he can, he can navigate your circumstances. He can navigate this church. I love this picture. It's the only tree with leaves left because it just has the light shining on it. You might be in a barren wasteland, and yet if the spirit of God, his love is in you, and shining, you can grow. Some deep roots there. Right through the rock. You feel like you're on an island all alone, and yet somehow God can span the gap. When I saw this, I showed it to Paul. I thought, this is like a beautiful picture of church planting, churches helping grow up other churches. A tree on a tree. Oh, Look at that rotting trunk of a tree that was growing, and maybe something burned out. It was your faith. You're like, and and now on that messed up stump, God can still bring up a tree of life. He builds you up. God's got an imagination, doesn't he? The middle of the desert. You might be in the desert right now, but realize doesn't that mean that you aren't growing. The tree is there. It's on the top of the a little tree on the top of the telephone pole, staying on the shoulders of giants. Look at that! Spiraled through this cage. Is that what God is working in our lives? I was thinking about that. When when that was a little sapling, it didn't get much light, did it? But just enough every day, just a few hours probably, just enough, and it kept going. Maybe God is gonna, you're, you're like, how long is it gonna take? That must have took a long time to grow up through there. But then when you get out of the silo that you've been in, flourishing. Imagine God doing that in your life. Look at all the ways that adversity can be overcome. If a tree had feelings, I imagine, oh, I'm alone on this rock. What am I gonna do? I'm in the middle of a building. And yet, God can build his church. Where does God want to take you in your life? Where does he want to take our church What is is he imagining for us? What can he do? Whatever our circumstances are, don't be discouraged. God can do more than you can imagine. God can do greater things because his love surpasses your knowledge. Our vision, I believe, will never be too big. What matters, is, is it God's vision or not? That's the question. If it's God's, go for it. Even Paul, I don't think, could imagine quite what God was going to do. He knew that God would bring all things under Jesus. But did he imagine that this entire earth, this entire planet, would have people gathering to worship Jesus Christ on Sunday today? Could he imagine? He wanted to go to Spain. He had this dream, oh, maybe I'll go to Spain. I don't think he ever got there. Can you imagine Spain being a missionary base for the word of Jesus? God can do more than we can imagine. And that's why I believe our, our purpose is to connect to his presence, get to know his will and his love. When we're feeling discouragement, it's to pray that prayer, Lord, strengthen my heart. Give me the power. Let me be rooted in your love. Let my inner being be filled, flooded with your grace. And when we're loving him for who he is, not for what he does, or when we're looking at who he is in our hearts when we're discouraged, then we start to realize he's capable of doing anything. So, when you're in rough times, God can take you to a place that's way better than you expect, but He can also fill you with encouragement in the middle of prison. That's what God is capable of actually changing your own heart, not the circumstances sometimes. I think in my own life, like my job, better than I can imagine. Look at all you people. My wife, Way better than I imagined. My children. Like, I Think about my life, right? Like, God, is this is possible. God can do things with your life that you can't even imagine. Jesus is more than you imagine. And I believe he wants to build a church beyond imagination. I'm thinking about the disciples at the time of the supper. A little bit discouraging. Perhaps Jesus is talking about dying and you can tell the city's kind of a buzz with like anti-Jesus sentiment. And you're, you're in this dinner and then and Jesus stands up and says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. it be possible that that could be very discouraging and yet Christ can imagine something greater. He imagined his death as bringing life. Imagine going into the grave as the first step to coming out of it. The blowing that, that hinges off the doors of death. So as we approach the table today, I, I pray that we'd be able to come with these eyes and ask the Lord, Lord, would you allow me to remember your power. Remember that you are beyond my imagination, that you can break through all of this in a way that I can't comprehend. And I ask you just to fill me with a knowledge of your love so that when I go about this, my heart will be changed. I'll be ready to face whatever my circumstances are. And I can also trust that you will be able to do more than I can imagine. Let us pray. Lord, today,